right, guys. Zach and I are back here for episode 19. Uh, we have our Did You See It to talk about today. We have some MLB news, um, some NHL, some NBA, and then I think Zach brought some NFL here as well. Just a little bit to talk about. What else do we have, AJ? We have a tremendous interview that we actually just had uh, with a guy named James Dignan. Uh, I posted about it. Uh, really inspiring story. Dude was a natural, wasn't he? Like just yes, it was just, awesome. He could he could talk for hours. Um, so that'll be in the middle of this episode. We'll get to that in a little bit. On YouTube, it'll be a separate video. But man, you got you got to tune in. It was uh really good. It was awesome. Um, it was great to learn about himself and uh, what he's doing and his future plans and goals. It was pretty awesome. I know and he's and only nineteen and he has a good head on his shoulders. It's crazy, isn't it? Like nineteen years old. Like we're both twenty two. Um, yeah, and like. I feel like he's like years. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to speak for myself here. I, I feel like he's years ahead of me already. Yeah, like he, he matured. Just his, he's yeah. very mature at matured at a young age. Yeah, definitely. But how are you doing, Zach? I haven't seen you in a while. I'm here. doing good. It's uh, graduation week. I graduate in two days this Friday, and I know Conlon also graduates. He graduates on Saturday. Conlon could not be with us. Rest yes. in, no, not rest in peace. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, he had to take. He's this week is their senior week at Notre Dame. And so he has a ton of activities. He texted us earlier and he was trying to take their engineering picture and he said it was a mess. So mm-hmm. they're all smart engineers, but can't take a picture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, got graduation week. My mom and dad are almost here driving all the way from and my great aunt driving from uh, Missouri. So it should be a fun weekend. Celebrate eat some food good food and get a diploma well actually not technically my diploma they give you a piece of paper and then they mail the diploma like a month later (laughs) so are you more are you leaning more on the excited side of things or more on the like nervous like what what you know what happens next type of thing uh i'm i am more excited because i i do know where i'm gonna go which is better than not having a job at this stage that was what i was really worried about early on the semester but yeah, I'm really excited. It is gonna. It is a little because I've spent four years down here, and it's pretty awesome in Clemson. It's beautiful, but I also know that I'm gonna be coming back at least once. I want to come back at least once every football season to go to a football game and yeah. just come back. Maybe come back for like a basketball game or something, just because it's so fun and just to see a lot of my friends. Because we're all going to be in different states. Like, I think a lot of my friends, we, some are from South Carolina, some are from Virginia, my roommate's from Boston. So, yeah, but he's moving to North Carolina. So it's just like a general place where we all can come and meet at least once a year to yeah. see each other. That's good. And I know a lot of my, my friends that I grew up with, um, I don't see them as much as I used to. They all go, you know, different colleges, but it, I don't want to be all cliche and sentimental here, but it's part of life. You meet people, you obviously you're going to keep in touch with all your roommates. I'm sure. But yeah, like you're going to meet new people in Jacksonville and I feel like I'm getting a little too soft for this episode, but yeah, getting a little <laughs> I mean, emotional. Yeah. It's true though. Uh, it's just part AJ, of it. I'm not going to be in Jacksonville forever. Okay. I'll be back. I know. I know. I've been crying every, every night I'm crying myself to sleep. Oh, I know just... you cry yourself to sleep. Just seeing my face <laughs> far away. I know. Yep. Um, well, you guys will probably be in come to Florida all the time. Doesn't Hannah love Florida? Hannah loves Florida. Yeah. You we'll be down there. To stay yeah exactly you can sleep on the Um, couch (laughs) she'll love it uh she loves going down there so i'm sure we'll make several trips down there but um 
Are you ready to get into this today? Let's do this. Uh, yes. You want to do your, did you see it first or you want me? It, it doesn't matter. I got, I got two, so I, got, I can go first. Okay, go for it. So my first one happened a little bit ago and I wanted to bring it on the show, but I kept forgetting, <laughs> but remembered before the show, cause we we're kind of talking about what are, did you see it's worse? So we didn't have the same ones, but this one I think is hilarious. So the Cincinnati Reds, as everyone knows, have been off to a historically awful start. I think at one point, someone did the projections and they're projected to win like 40 games or 20 games if they kept on the same pace, which is awful. But so a guy tweeted, or I think it was on Reddit, maybe. I'll read off my phone here. He says, during the Friday, May 6th game against the Pirates, I will be scaling the wall to defecate in the bed of the Toyota Tundra. If anyone can take photos of me, I'd appreciate it. That's kind of weird that he wants someone to take photos yeah. of me. But also he said underneath it, he's like, also, if anyone is down to also drop a load in the bed of the truck, <laughs> meet me under the smokestacks in the top of the fourth inning. Cheers. So like a lot of people are like, this is going to be like the Reds game of the year. Watch yeah. someone climb up a wall and... <laughs> drop a load in the bed of a truck <laughs> but unfortunately that game got postponed due to weather so we may never know when he will uh make that uh that push better <laughs> uh, the truck i just play on words there what's what stood out to me was the pictures thing like why did he want people to take pictures of i don't know i guess just like, proof go that he viral did it. or like I just think it'd be really I funny if so. yeah. you're, it's just during the fourth inning, you're watching the game and all of a sudden you see 10 people climbing up the <laughs> wall and then they're all like sitting in the truck, just yeah, unloading, dumping yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. What was your other one you had? Oh, this one's pretty funny, I think. So it was a guy from Kansas and he lost his fantasy football league. And so his punishment was, is they... Let me kind of read it here. Um, he had to enter into a U.S. Open qualifier for golf. And so he went in and he got last and he shot 40 over 112, which I thought was hilarious. They like faked oh. his scores to get him in. And then he played and shot 40 over. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not real like. I'm not a big golf guy, so like, what is like, what is what is that exactly for uh, for the listeners also that don't know exactly. So, I would say like par shooting at par. So if there's a par three, you shoot a three on that hole. Yeah. Um, par on a lot of holes or or courses are usually like 72, 70 to seventy two, seventy three. Yeah. So a lot of like the really good golfers will shoot around. If they call them a scratch golfer, they shoot around par on okay. a course. So a lot of the players, they're probably shooting around par. Maybe some of them getting in the 80s if they have a bad day because it's a tough course. I shoot. I went last week and shot a 99, which is pretty good for me. I always try to shoot under 100. I think probably my best round was maybe low 90s, maybe so once was, high 80s. If you were um, is 72, for example, is that just like the, the swings? Yeah, but how many strokes it takes to get to the hole? Strokes, yeah. So if you if so he like shot a par 40 four, over, it's like they're supposed to take you four strokes to get to yeah. the hole. So if he shot 40 over and it was 72, we're talking like 110 or whatever. Yeah, 112 was his final score. Yes. Oh my gosh. So but as I think about it, he's probably like a decent golfer. Cause 
I would imagine myself going into a PGA qualifier, you're going to be hitting from the PGA distances. Like it's going to be a lot long. It's not for people who are from Washington going to Wolf hollow. A lot of their courses are shorter. (laughs) Like I could hit a driver off the men's tees and hit a pitching wedge in the green every time. This I'll probably have to hit a driver. If it goes straight, which is a nine out of 10 times, it does not go straight. Yeah. I'll be either hitting from really deep rough or, hitting like my next shot 200 yards out, which I'm not as accurate hitting a five iron or six or seven iron 200 yards as I am hitting a hundred yards away. Yeah. I'm so, still waiting for you to uh, teach me all, all the things, you know, cause I can, I can, I can pick up a lot of sports pretty quickly, but golf is something golf I and mean, skating. <laughs> gotta throw that skating. Yeah. I gotta learn that. Um, that's something I've always wanted to learn. So I gotta learn that, but golfing though, like I have, a nice touch with stuff. So like my wedge, I can, I can, I don't know, wedge it. I can wedge it pretty good or putter. Like my putter is off and on, but like my driver, good. man. Yeah. No, my, my driver, my top hand, or let me see. One of my hands turns over. So everything. It's cause you got the baseball swing. Cause you roll your wrist in baseball when you it's swing. Exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, the first time I golfed, I picked up my front foot and dropped it, you know, and then, and, and, uh, you know, squish the bug with my back foot, you know, just a normal baseball swing, but yeah, I'm still waiting over the summer. Maybe you can teach me some, some stuff. Teach you but, some um, skills. My, did you see it was something really, I mean, you were going to use this one as your, did you see mm-hmm. it? Um, so last night there were, or I guess, was it last night or two nights ago? We're filming. On it was Wednesday. last night, I believe. Was it Tuesday night? Mm-hmm. Um, Reed Detmers threw a no hitter versus the Rays and, uh, he's 22 years old. It was his, um, only 11th career start, and it was his first no-hitter, uh, oh, the first no-hitter this season. Mm-hmm. But that's not really what I want to talk about. Um, Anthony Rendon, I guess he was just messing around at the end. Um, well, Brett he's Phillips was pitching. Usually. I didn't know that. that yeah, makes, it was a position player sense. pitching. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, but I guess he was just joking around with him. It was like a 12 nothing game, and Anthony Rendon um, – when healthy, a prolific third base elite. hitter, elite, yeah, uh, went up to the plate left-handed and hit a homer. Like I've never seen something like this, and I don't know if we ever will again. Somebody who's it's, not a switch it's, hitter. It's wild to me that he just went crazy. up. His stance didn't look that bad, and he just crushed a homer. He no. had to have, and we're, he had to have tried to switch hit at some point in his life to be that good. Like yeah. where he just has incredible hand-eye coordination and yeah. can. It's nuts. We're not talking about like a, a you know bloop single either. We're talking about right center field gap. That's a big crushed. wall out there in An- Anaheim. Yeah, he crushed it. Uh, so pretty crazy. If you haven't seen the clip, you got to check it out. It's uh, it's pretty wild. But let's transition into some baseball here. Uh, the Cardinals are sixteen and thirteen now. A uh, little little down streak here. Uh, they mm. won the first two in San Francisco. They lost the next two. And then I was really good in those first two lost. games. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but last night they lost game one to the Orioles uh, and the Orioles actually, you know, we, everybody likes to crap on the Orioles. It's pretty easy to, but they haven't been as bad this year. Uh, they're not last in the division and we'll get, to which that is a, a surprise. Bit. Yes. Very big surprise. Um, but for me, the Cardinals O'Neill's still struggling. He just hasn't really gotten it going yet. Mm-hmm. Um, pitching has been a little bit iffy. And then the big news, uh, Paul DeYoung, I don't know was sent down, but I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, 
if I've ever seen somebody who was an all-star, um, been here, what, five years, four or five years? Yeah. Maybe even more, six. He's still like 28, down, right? Yeah, yeah. But he, he's sent down to Memphis. Um, I guess to just work on his work on his game. But how often do you see that? Um, I'm I'm glad though they're not giving up on him. I'm glad they're mm-hmm. not saying let's release him, let's trade him, whatever. Um, but what are your thoughts on it? It is disappointing. I I've always liked Paul DeYoung. He has so much potential, as we saw. Mm-hmm me and AJ before this episode, we were looking at a bunch of old Cardinal teams and his rookie year, I think it was his rookie year or second year. He hit 285 and had 20 some home runs and 60 RBIs. And then it's just kind of been a steady decline. And a couple of years ago, before he started hitting in the two hundreds and one hundreds, he had hit 30 home runs. Like he batted 240 and a little over 300 on base percentage. But if he could just replicate that a little bit, even if it's average is a little lower than two, what he was like two thirty, but he can hit the home run ball and just kind of be good with uh, runners in scoring position. I think he'd be great, but also I know they sent him down, but the person they brought up for him, Kramer Robertson, I would rather have Paul DeYoung up here still than have mm-hmm. this guy coming up with all due respect to Kramer Robinson. I really don't think he's done anything that's, like that he's earned this like earned this opportunity. He's batting 225 in Memphis. So against lesser competition pitchers. Yeah. He has an on-base percentage of 380. That's about his only bright spot and he's stolen six bases, so he has some speed, but I'd rather have Paul DeYoung batting 190 than Kramer Robinson up there because we know Paul DeYoung's an elite defender. He yep. gold glove, I'd say I'll say gold glove caliber mm-hmm. shortstop, but I hope he figures it out. I've always liked him. And I don't I don't think they're going to – I don't think Kramer's going to – I mean, he played last night to pinch run, but playing in a game, they might give him one start or something, just see what he mm-hmm. can do. But I don't think the plan is to play him. Um, no. But with Sosa, I think they sent him to double-A to do a rehab assignment, um, and then what he'll be back. What's wrong with him? I thought he had – I thought he was on the COVID list. Oh, he had COVID? Um. But he'll be your starting shortstop. Uh, they had Donovan there right now, and I have to mention Donovan with his first home run last night in his major league career. He's been playing solid. You know, literally, like right before that, I was talking about I was with Hannah, and we were talking about uh, maybe a potential comeback last night. And I was like, okay, we got Donovan, we got Edmund, we got Goldie, and then you know maybe get the first two guys on. We got the power guys, the big boys coming up. And she's like, I have no faith in Donovan. He hasn't shown anything. And I was like. I like Donovan. I like the like style player he is, but it's true. Like he hasn't done much yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he turned on one. I was like, Hannah, Eddie, talk about how Edmund hasn't done, uh, hasn't done much and like, just keep it going. But um, no, he's, he's our starting shortstop. He's there again tonight. Um, I, I guess they're just giving him an opportunity to yeah. kind of run with it. His, his, I guess his job to lose until Sosa is ready. Um, and we can't move on without talking about Juan Yepes. Like, dude, what yes. is it? 11 for 23, 22, batting 500 to start his career. Unreal. It's crazy. He's given us a little spark, giving us some. Yeah, because Arenado's kind of not been hitting great as he was to start the season. He's at 318 now, but just to get a little jolt, get some guy, some guy coming in, hitting the ball, hitting the cover off the ball, as they say, it's just good to see. And he's batting fourth. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think going into the season you'd be yeah, one your Pez is our cleanup hitter May 5th or no, not May 5th. Well, May 11th. I said May and I looked at the thing yeah. and I saw that like May's number is five. So I just <laughs> said May 5th, but May 11th. <laughs> oh, but, I got you. Yeah, it's great to see him no, he, perform well. I think the expect, I mean, we people that don't know, we traded Matt Adams for him probably five years ago. And I don't think anybody had expectations for Juan to be what he is. You know what stands out to me? And I think I mentioned to you, uh, mentioned it to you. He will stand up really tall in the box mm-hmm. and start the at bat, and then he'll get two strikes on him, and his whole approach changes. And we might have I mentioned this last week, actually. Uh, I think we, did, I think I did mention this last week. It's very Joey Votto prime like, uh, where it's like it's just it's baseball, you know. It's it's not him with two strikes, staying tall and trying to hit a homer. It's him saying, "Oh, I'm going to make contact." And last night, watching it in person, um, he got down in that crouch position and just you know leveled one up the middle. He has insane energy. I don't know if you can tell on TV, watching him in person. Before every at bat, he came in fist bumped uh, this, these couple people in, behind home plate. Um, the on deck circle. So Arenado was in front of him. Arenado's at the plate. They announced Arenado. He's doing his warm up swings, whatever. Juan is literally on the first baseline uh, doing his practice swings, like at the pitcher. Like the dude has insane confidence. And I think he talked about it to Jim Hayes the other night. Like, I'm just here having fun. Like, this is my opportunity. Um, which I feel so good for him. He hit his first homer the other night or the other day is the afternoon game in, in San Francisco, uh, right center field in San Francisco too. That's not a uh, shallow place out there. That's, that's no, a major home run. And he was just overcome with emotions at the end of the dugout, had his head down his, and his helmet. And like, I you just got to love it for him. Um, and he but, has more hits than Dickerson. And yeah, I know. And uh, Dickerson has like what, what 14 eight R- less games. He has what eight RBIs or something? Like he's hitting with runners in scoring position. Yes, he's been very consistent with scoring position. Also, looking at this, Tyler O'Neill has 19 RBIs, second on mm-hmm. the team, which and he's batting two wait, two sixty-seven. So he has has been turning on a little bit, but o- O'Neill's two six seven? Yeah. I could have sworn it was like two oh four. I thought so too. I was I was very surprised. Yeah. Um but no, Donovan's I mean, betting 188. So yeah, I mean, you look at the you look at the top guys though. Arenado is in a mini slump, but I mean, his mini mm-hmm. slump has brought him down to 318. That should just show you why he won Player of the Month to begin uh, to begin the season. Goldie slow start. He picked it up. Yeah, he's uh, at 283. And Edmund was Edmund 275. 290. Something? 290. Yeah. So his on base um, percentage is still the highest on the team, besides Jepez, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Um, I'd like to see Steven Matz put a couple starts consistently pitching wise. Mm. He's been really good and then gave up eight runs and two innings in San Francisco. Um, Dakota Hudson, kind of the same. He's been good. And then he'll give up his, his bad starts aren't blow up starts. They're like, he just doesn't give innings for us. It's like four yeah. runs and three innings. Um, mm-hmm. so if he went six innings, I mean, it wouldn't be as bad, but uh, he's another one. Uh, we need, uh, Wayne right back uh, from yes. his COVID absence. Um, who am I missing here in the rotation? Michaelis has still Hicks. been. Uh, Michaelis has been. Yeah. Fantastic. He's wow. been great. And then I liked, I'm liking what Hicks is doing game by game. You're making him or you're letting him, you know, go deeper in the game, pitch more. Um, I really like what's happening. I thought all season was going to be like two or three innings from him. Yeah. I, agree. I think, I think as we move on, we might be seeing closer to five, maybe six by the end of the yeah. season. Yeah. And I think it's what you mentioned 
earlier, but kind of whenever they announced it is putting him on a schedule could really just help him not. I think they even talked about it on a broadcast that in the bullpen, you just have no idea when you're going to be pitching. And whenever you're pitching the bullpen, you're throwing as hard as you possibly can. And you're in high leverage situations where it's just more stressful. But I think having them having him on this rotation, he's looked pretty good. He's just, as we've mentioned multiple times, he just had a couple pitches where they've gotten away from him or just grooved one where they've gotten a big hit. But I think he's been looking pretty good. Yeah. And so we play the Orioles again tonight. It's Michaelis starting. Um, I don't know. Who, do you know? Can you find it real quick? Who's, who's starting for the Orioles? Uh, Watkins. Yeah, okay. Uh, He's 0 3.22 ERA, 1.39 I mean, whip. So They had a guy named, I think, Bradish last night um, at the game I was at, and he was, he was dominant. So Sometimes um, having pitchers that are new that you never heard of, yeah. it just get like teams struggle against them a little bit because they've you don't, never seen you don't have Yeah, you don't have film on them a lot yeah. of times. Um, but let's talk about what we were we, we uh, forementioned with the Orioles. The Red Sox are last in the AL East, mm-hmm. and that's just a complete shock to me. Um, you talked about it a little bit off air, but what, what are your uh, thoughts about that? I think it's very surprising. My roommate is from Boston, so we were kind of talking about it yesterday. And he first came up and he's like, I, I've just not been like watching baseball or enjoying baseball this year. I'm like, why? He's like, the Red Sox are literally in last place. I'm like, are they really? It really took me by surprise. But the funny thing is – the probably one of their bright spots is a uh, Cardinal it used to be a Cardinal. Michael Walker is the mm-hmm. pitching their best is the best pitcher on their team right now, which if you would ask a Cardinals fan in a couple of years, would you see Michael Walker pitching one for the Red Sox and one pitching solid again? You just said no, because yeah. he's had so many shoulder shoulder injuries and been so inconsistent, but yeah, it's good to see him pitching good. And Hopefully he keeps has a great season. But another thing is, I'm very glad. We, I know Paul DeYoung is not playing good, but I still would not have wanted Trevor Story because you'd have to pay him even more money, and he's batting in the 200s. So, yeah, I mean, going back to that Walker thing, I didn't even know if he was going to be pitching in general. Yeah, for um, real. How he how he ended uh, his time here, it just looked like he was going to be genuinely injury just was where it's at and even now i think he's between 92 and 95 uh it's just mm-hmm. no, normal heat um but i mean remember when he came up man he was electric 98 his change up was elite change up bro it's crazy um people always talk about the slider but the change up is still probably yeah the one of the probably the most effective pitch on MLB the show it's the one pitch i just can't hit mm-hmm. <laughs> i just yeah, i could never i could it looks never like it's going it. right down the pipe and i yeah. swing and miss yeah uh, with the Red Sox, the Rafael Devers, not underperforming by any means. 315, five homers, 15 RBIs. Um, I think Bogarts is just being Bogarts. He's just Bogarts hitting. has been great. Yeah. So, I mean, it's got to be pitching for them. Sales has been injured. Yeah, still, they don't. Right? Sales not back yet. He's a big one. Um, and then around the American League, the Astros have won eight straight after um, not a real hot start for them. The one thing with the Astros that I take away from it is Justin Verlander is back. Um, after Tommy John, um, he's four and one with a one five five ERA. He's thirty nine years old. He, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, that's not a hot take, right? Uh, I don't think so. I think he has three thirty three thousand strikeouts, right? Yeah, I believe so. 
and he has a couple Cy Young, so yeah, yeah, he's probably gonna get in. Oh, uh, World Series, uh, yeah, he got yeah. one with Houston. That was it, right? He made mm-hmm. it against us, against the Cardinals, and then lost. That was his rookie six. year, two thousand. Was that really? I didn't know yep. that. Um, but yeah, he's he been great. He didn't know how to throw to first base. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's when he uh, it was grounded to him, and he just stood flat footed and threw the ball away. I did not know that. I don't. I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he's he's been fantastic. Uh, age is not a not a problem for him. It's kind of the Wainwright thing where they just. I guess get better with age. You you kind of just learn how to pitch more and more. With Verlander though, he's throwing ninety seven and has touched ninety eight. It's like Nolan Ryan. It, it's unreal what he's doing. It's like the Tommy John surgery or the Tommy John surgery used to be. You'd get it and you didn't know if you were going to play anymore. Now they get it and they start throwing harder than before. It's yeah, it's wild to me. It's, it's insane. And then uh, other other stuff around the league. You and I both hate this news, but the New York Mets and the New York Yankees both lead their divisions, and they're the, they were the first two teams of 20 wins this year. Um, the NL East is the Mets right now, and the AL East is the Yankees. And unless Toronto has something to say about that in the AL East or in the NL, uh, NL East, it Tampa too. Um, Tampa's second right now. That's true. That's true. I was just thinking Toronto. Um, yeah, I, I do think Toronto is by far the second best team like, yeah. up there with all, the Yankees. All around team, yeah. Um, and then see, yeah, well, the Blue Jays have that those electric players like the mm-hmm. Yankees have. Uh the Rays are besides a couple, like we mentioned last week, they're they're kind of a bunch of like just fill in guys they that just, are just win. playing well. Yeah. Very well run organization. Um, but the they Mets, has no no support. <laughs> Do you think the Mets run away with the NL East? I mean, the Probably. Phillies are underperforming. Atlanta's underperforming. Yeah. Miami, underperforming. Washington, not looking good. And the thing is, they're doing this without DeGrom. Like, DeGrom's going to come back. Yeah. He's going to basically be like they traded for him. Yeah. And he's going mean, to come back and probably pitch amazing. They just put him on the 60-day IL, didn't they? Oh, they did. I so he'll come just, back. He'll like, come back and... September. August. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then but I speaking think, of the Mets, real quick, uh, yeah. big four game series next week against the Mets, Cardinals, Mets. And I, to me, that is a must tune in because it's going to oh, be, yeah. it's going to be an intense game. Yeah. There could be another in, fight in New York, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. And New York Mets fans are by far, I'll say this, they're, them in Philly are by far the worst fans ever. Yeah. I'm with that. I'm definitely with it. I would throw Boston in there. I know you can't do that. Your roommate's from Boston, uh, but I'll, He's a nice I'll, Boston I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that for uh, for the Boston hate there. But um, and then we both agreed off air that the NL West is probably the most surprising storyline. I guess. Yes, um, I would. They're yeah, all agree. they're all great. The Dodgers twenty and eight. We expected that. Uh, the Dod or the Padres twenty and eleven. Kind of overachieving what I thought they would do without Tatis. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the Giants, 18 and 12. They just find a way to win. They're um, another team, yeah. Like the Rays. The yeah. Diamondbacks, 17 and 14. Got to be the biggest surprise uh, in, yeah. the, in the division. You told me Diamond. And the, and the weird thing is, is I believe they have the worst team batting average. Or they did at some point. And yeah, pitching. Their pitching is just amazing. It's it's unreal what they what they can do, um, and then the Rockies. The Rockies are sixteen and fourteen. Every um, team in that division is over five hundred. Yeah, it, it's 
I, my, my question here for you was, do you think you'll, do you think it will hold up? Uh, do you think it'll be like this the whole year? Or do you think the Diamondbacks and Rockies will not just be 500, but do you think they'll be as bad? Like, do you think they'll drop down? Yes. I, I think they will. St- I think they're going to kind of be how Miami has been these last few years where they're really close to 500, but a little bit below, but I don't, there's, I don't, there, there's no way they're going to compete for a wild card or yeah. playoffs or the division. If they do, I'd be blown away, but I yeah. do think the Dodgers, San Diego and San Francisco are going to be close the whole rest of the season. I do think the Dodgers are going to win the division. If the Dodgers don't win the division, I feel Dave Roberts should be fired. Cause if you can't win with literally kind of like an all-star team, cause you guys just yep. have way more money than everyone else. I don't, I don't know the Dodgers. It's just I don't like them. And the NL Central, do you do you have any belief in the Pirates uh, being third place by the end of the year? Like that's where they are right now, twelve and seventeen. They really uh, could be. Yeah, I know it's crazy. They like, have the they have some young guys who, like we were kind of talking about it when we were making predictions that, um, they could have a decent record just because they have some young exciting guys that yeah. could kind of maybe take a little leap and play even better. And it's looking like it. I know they're still under 500, but it's – you would have thought that Pittsburgh would have the record Cincinnati has right now. You wouldn't think Cincinnati has that record. but Yeah. And Cincinnati's 6-24, and if anyone wanted to know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And and Cabrian Hayes is the one – I mean, Brian Reynolds, obviously. He's heating up now. He had a slow start. Cabrian Hayes is the key for me. He's batting leadoff now for them, mm-hmm. batting over 340. He doesn't have a homer, but um, it's really just hit like night after night. It's like multi hits, um, which is, and he's in, uh, I think he's going to be fantastic. Yeah. He's superstar defender, too. Yeah. yeah. And they signed him to an eight year contract at, at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to be great for many years to come. Um, and then I think the Cubs are kind of disappointing to me. I didn't expect, I didn't have expectations, high expectations for them. Um, and I don't even remember where I put them. I think I put them fourth place in pirates last in my predictions. I had the reds third, but <laughs> we know how that's going. Um, but no, the Cubs are 10 and 19 and you look at their pieces on their roster and I think they should be better than 10 and 19. Uh, their pitching is really just iffy. Um, if not iffy, it's bad. <laughs> it's just bad pitching. Um, but say Suzuki was like, the superstar to start the season, and he's down to like 240 now. He, he really, oh, really came down. Came Dang, down my rookie of the year pick. Was he really your rookie of the year? Yeah. Okay. I, he batted 300 in Japan, and I'm like, he's 27. Yeah. I mean, uh, like Ichiro did. You know, he comes mm-hmm. over and just Ichiro won right the away. MVP his first year. Yeah. So I think Seiya will kick it back into gear. I think people figured him out a little bit. Um, so. mm. But We'll save the rest of baseball for our next episode. Let's get on to our uh, interview with James Dignan now. Uh, so I hope you all enjoy. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Today's special guest is an inspiration to many. He is most well known for his football content on TikTok, where he has 109,000 followers and 7 million likes. He is in the middle of his journey to play professional football and is one of the hardest workers you'll find. What a great opportunity to have today to interview all the way from New Jersey, James Digden, how you doing, bro? Doing well, especially after that intro. That was uh, <laughs> that was the first time I've gotten an intro like that. I appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. AJ is a pro at intros. He writes out an intro for every show. I've been working on it. <laughs> right, I've been working good, on man. it. 
I like that. So you're our uh, third interview and probably um, our most well-known one. Uh, so um, Zach has more football-based questions, like I mentioned before, uh, off-air, and I have more personal-based questions. Uh, but I want to get us started. Um, who were some role models you had growing up and then currently um, on your football journey? And we'll get into that, obviously. But um, currently, what are some role models that you have as well? Uh, it's changed now because I'm switching positions. But I would say I, I really – it hurts me for this to be the first name that comes out as a Jet fan. <laughs> but Julian Edelman, his story is pretty pretty special. Honestly, I read his book too. Uh, his story is crazy. Like he dated Jerry Rice's daughter and like he, he, was, he was crazy. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> played 22 plays offense and defense in the AFC Championship. Like, but that – he's a role model because of that. Because – he didn't look the part. He had injuries in college and in the beginning of his career, it took him a while to uh, to get to where he was at. And he just made himself available as a football player. He didn't make himself, all right, I'm only going to, hey, Bill's going to put me where Bill puts me. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm sacrificing my body. Dude broke his hand and then caught a touchdown. Yeah. Like that, that would be why I, I look up to a guy like that, even though it's disgusting to say that as a Jet fan. It's terrible, but. Well, we're from St. Louis area, uh, so we had to deal with the – I mean, we were young, but the Rams losing to the Patriots early in the mm. 2000s, so we have Patriots hate building from that too, so we're kind of yeah. with you on Well, that. there's also the second one, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, one, that one you guys got. Yeah. <laughs> so when they when they left St. Louis and went to L.A., we kind of – we kind of – I mean, he's a Cowboys fan, um, so I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, – A lot I, of people I, don't have good feelings about that. <laughs> I, I took like a year off from football. It, it just disgusted me how they left um, St. Louis. And so I hopped on the Seahawks bandwagon in like 2016 or 17. And I've been riding with that. So you obviously know my pain with Russell Wilson leaving now. So, mm. um, yeah. but then, and then, so is Edelman the guy currently that you kind of mold yourself after? Uh, probably switching to slot receiver too. I, there's so many guys that I respect that that play it at that high of a level, but I would say that's easily the first person that comes to mind, especially knowing in depth his story. He has like 250 page book and like that. Uh, he, he's definitely up there, but I respect a lot of people outside of football too. Uh, David Goggins is definitely someone like that, that I'm really into. I, I read a good amount and I would say I look up to more people outside of football than I do inside of football. Like LeBron, I, I have his jersey on my wall. Like Let's the only person go, I man. On like, I literally, he's been my role model since I was a kid. And Zach here yeah. hates him. So I'm going to throw Look, the flopping and all that, I don't, I don't respect that part at all. But for what he does off the court, building the schools to allow kids to have scholarships and opportunity to go to school that usually wouldn't, you know, being on the comm app and, and all the stuff he pushes off the field. And the fact that if I have his jersey and then my jersey next to it, it says my name. I, yeah, know, it, it all works out. So that's sick. Uh, those are other role models. But for football, it's probably Julian. Good. Yeah. So kind of going on along with that, um, kind of tell us a little bit about your ambition to become a pro football player. Yeah. So uh, I've loved football ever since I'm little. I think, honestly, what probably got me into it is my, my friends, we in the, I lived in Manhattan growing up. That, I grew up in the middle of the city, 
and we would play in the back courtyard and I, I was good at it. You know, I enjoyed it a lot. And it got to a point where there were so many fights would break out playing with like shoving kids into concrete walls that the principal <laughs> had to take a lunch break and be the auto quarterback every time that we had recess. <laughs> That's awesome. Like we couldn't be controlled otherwise. Yeah. And we would be able to stay uh, as long as we did our schoolwork, we could stay a little bit uh, into class if we're in overtime. Like, so that was special. And then I lived two, three minutes away from Central Park as well. So that was definitely how I bonded with my dad a lot when I was younger, because we would be in the middle of the park. It's on a Saturday. I'm finally getting to see him because he would work all day during the week. And then I, don't, I don't get to see him that much. So I would see him there and then there would be people just laying in the park and they would clap because I'm like seven and I made yeah. a cool catch. <laughs> and I was like, all right, this, this is out of the entire week. This is the best feeling I have is every time I'm playing football. So yeah. like that kind of built into it. Uh, high school, I didn't play a lot. I was injured constantly. Like I, after the first game in practice, I still I got the sleeve rolled up right now, but I still have, uh, you're not gonna be able to say, I still have a scar on my arm from a helmet hit that I took where I got picked up down, like face mask imprinted on my uh on my arm and my arm was bleeding a lot so i just wrapped it on my jersey because i don't want to come out of practice because you know i'm i'm psycho but yeah you know, i just wrap it and they said all right go on kick return so i'm one-armed on kick return <laughs> and i had an all-state wrestler grab hold of me and i got slammed and i got knocked out completely like a minute a minute just on the ground uh knocking on my helmet and you know i put you know, I'm not paralyzed, put the helmet on. I'd start running to the mm -hmm. sideline. They're like, yeah, that's definitely not how this works. No, so yeah. I missed a few weeks uh, from that. And then sophomore year, same thing. I got uh, a concussion in game. I had uh, my left tackle down blocked on, uh, on a three-step. So he went here and I got, uh, I got killed. And I smacked my head on the ground from that too. I had my, my ribs were all messed up, my hip. Uh, so I didn't get to play as much as I wanted to in high school and I kind of figured it was over. Uh, so that's really what got me into content where I was like, all right, you know, I got to start thinking about after football because five, eight, five, nine quarterback, you know, at, yeah. at the beginning of COVID five, eight, now I'm five, nine. Uh, and with no high school experience, yeah, this, this path to pro thing, it's not looking so good to be yeah. honest. Uh, but then I started to get back into it. My friends, I have one, uh, who has an opportunity to play pro soccer, another one that might play pro basketball. Uh, so my circle with them doing that was like, I'm still young enough. I could, I could turn this around. You know, I could figure it out. Uh, so I started getting back into it, started documenting it very quickly, had an opportunity to go to an arena football tryout. Uh, I did make the team, but declined because of, you know, some stuff that was going on there. Uh, I actually talked to the coach today, so I'm on good terms. But yeah, so now I'm going to look to play Juco and then look to play the real college from there. So, so you're 19, right? Yeah, I'm 19. Okay. And so you kind of just mentioned it there, but about using your platform, I guess, because you didn't know how your football career would turn out. But my question was, what made you start using your platform? Like, is it just, just because of that? Uh, not, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with when I lived in the city, I didn't have any neighbors, like two, you know, like where you would have a neighbor. I had Hermes where they would get shut down so Beyonce could come in and shop without anyone bothering her. So <laughs> yeah. like 
I'm not going to chill with Beyonce. Like, there's no one. Like, I didn't have anyone. You know, you want to go hang out with friends. Okay, they're 20 minutes away in the city, and it's after work for my parents. They don't want to go in New York City traffic in our, you know, so you don't really see friends that much. You maybe meet up in the park. So I was very, very close with my dad, very close with my dad. So that is how, that's what we bonded over. That's the only thing I knew was, was football. That's the only connection that we had at the time. So I would talk football constantly. I remember even when I was like 11, I'd go in the basement, 7.30 in the summer, get my suit on. I start writing articles in my notebook. I think I still have it somewhere. I'll go outside, get my little earpiece. I'm talking to nobody, literally talking to air. There's still videos of it. I'm, I'm uh, you know, talking about Jimmy Graham getting traded to uh, the Seahawks and, you know, what, what's going to happen? Odell uh, and, you know, so... I, I've always loved this and I wanted to get into content. I did a little bit with mental health and I'm starting to mix that into what I'm doing again, but I saw an opportunity with COVID. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I still love football and I'm starting to really understand how content works. So started studying for four months, other content creators on TikTok, took another four months to start practicing stuff. And then after that, it started to take off. So we're both only child our only children. Uh, so we kind of know that feeling of when we were a kid, uh, like throwing the football to yourself, like running and trying to catch it under it. Oh, and, like, I was, we just got to stay busy. I was Larry Fitzgerald and Darrell Revis. It was insane. <laughs> I, yeah. uh, I come off the line, Larry Fitz. Now I turn back around throwing Darrell Revis. Oh, dude, me and my long. dad, we would go, he'd be the quarterback. I'd be the receiver. Then after like going to my high school and watching a lot of games, when I was a kid, we would, cause it always on the sideline had like different hand signals for different plays. So then mm-hmm. we of course had to, I'm like, we had to come up with a hand signal for every different route I run. So we just go up there and I'm like the wheel route. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. My uh, next question is kind of a basic question. Who's your favorite football player of all time? Of all time. Uh, favorite Jet of all time, despite what he did for us, like wasn't great, but Mark Sanchez, uh, he was right when I started watching, he became the franchise quarterback, his dad being a captain firefighter. Uh, I like that everything that he's done since playing. And I like that even though he was completely trashed through the media, completely, and he's getting, been given every opportunity to say, Rex screwed me. The organization screwed me. Uh, like he's never done that, and I, I respect him a lot for that. And because he was the guy when I first started, but Ladanian Tomlinson is probably my favorite mm-hmm. player that yeah. I've ever watched play. And I was unbelievably psyched when we got him. He, you know, it was at the very end, but mm-hmm. oh my god, I, I had still cool the Chargers jersey and I had the Jets jersey of him. <laughs> I was, oh, I loved LT. LT is amazing. And you obviously have, I mean, social media, you only really see what people post, obviously. So I don't obviously yeah. know you. I don't know everything that you do. Um, but what is, I know, I know it just seems like you're busy all the time. I mean, I've been following your story for about a year now. So this is pretty cool for oh, me, wow. bro. Um, yeah. But what does a day in the life look like for you? Uh, chaos. That's yeah. what it looks like. It really does. It, I try and keep it so structured. And the most important thing to me, is just getting off on the right foot. And I have a morning routine. I have morning routine. I do same thing every single morning when I wake up. I have have to wash up, make my bed, do all that. But I stretch 
every single morning. I journal every single morning. I like, I need, there's certain things that have to get done for me to be able to start the day. So I try and set that, but then there's days like yesterday for whatever reason, uh, I'm Monday into Tuesday. I went to sleep at 6 a.m. Couldn't go to sleep. I don't know. 8.30, alarm goes off next to my ear that there's a fire call. All right, so I'm going <laughs> to do that. Now I'm up because it was a real call. It was a real alert call. We were there for almost an hour. Well, I'm on two and a half hours sleep, but now now it's, I'm just, all right, so I gotta, I'll go to the gym, whatever. So I do my morning routine. Another fire call goes off. Okay, so I go there. I go straight from there to the gym. Mid-workout, fire call goes off. I'm like, dude, this is, come on. So I go there. I finish my workout, come back. I'm trying to see friends for a little. I'm trying to talk to my girlfriend a little bit. I'm trying to get some content out. I'm lucky I recorded stuff in advance because it was not happening yesterday. I was gassed. It was so, but it changes every single day. And even a few months ago, uh, last fall, I was doing EMT and like doing that and then going to fire calls and then creating content and then training. Today was different. Today, like I don't feel like doing anything and I feel like playing video games. So I'm just going to satisfy that for like 30 minutes just so that I get that feeling out so I can focus on everything I need to do because I have a lot I got to do today. So I did that because I have the luxury too, like, which I love. And then I went to train for three hours and I went to a fire call and now I'm doing this and now I got to record and now I'm going to go see friends. And, you know, like I, so it changes every single day, but I love that because I, I need that. I don't, I can't do the same shit every day, I, I, I can't, but I oh, can't do the it. same stuff every day. can't <laughs> yeah. do the same stuff every day. Well, before Zach hops in here, for people that don't know, you're a volunteer fireman 24 seven. So what made you be interested in going in that, in that path? Uh, service is always something that I've wanted to do with my life. My mom's dad, who I never got to meet, he was, uh, he had two purple hearts in the Marines. So he was pretty well known at his time. He was big in uh, world war two. So that was always an idea in my head. I wanted to go into the Marines and I was, one of the top Marine recruits in the state for about a year. When I was 17, I went through the program, uh, but because of COVID, it really screwed things up with dates. Said, all right, July 27th, you're leaving. September, you're leaving. January, you're leaving. Like, I, I have too many things I enjoy doing in my life where I can't, like, cause I, I set up a plan at that point. I was like, I'm gonna do this. And then while I'm in the reserves for this, I'm gonna be doing content. So when they kept pushing it off, it's no one's fault. But because they kept pushing off, I, like, I really can't do that. So what's something I can do at home, but still feel like I'm making an impact because that's extremely important to me. So I started uh, as a firefighter and then it helps that my girlfriend's dad is a career firefighter for almost 25 years. So I went to their firehouse and I always intended on doing it, but I went straight there on the way back home. I was like, yeah, no, I'm screw this. I'm, I'm going. And yeah. we're not at the same station. We're 30 plus minutes away. Uh, but I, I loved it. And then I saw that sometimes there would be EMTs on, on our calls. And I was like, well, that seems pretty intense too. Like, I, I wanted to try that. So I just walked into the building over there and then I did that for six months. That was the craziest thing I've ever done in my entire life. EMTs <laughs> is lit, like football. And honestly, it helps so much with football. I don't get nervous anymore. Like you, you just can't, you can't, when it's, all right, I'm just shooting around in the, in the back of the parking lot, playing basketball. All right. There's, there's a car that flipped over and hit a tree. Let's go. And they're like, 
all right not okay so when it's that and now it's oh you're getting pressed at the line it's like yeah okay i'm oh yeah, like, like, i can't i really can't get nervous anymore so it ended up working out but i've always wanted to do something in service that's great bro um yeah so my next question is because you're a big jets jets fan how is it i know it's probably not easy to be a jets fan during this time but how is it being a jets fan and how do you get how do you feel like you guys are doing after the draft and do you guys think you're turning upwards because personally i think you guys had a good draft and are kind of looking on the up and up well i mean obviously we're gonna win the next like five super bowls right like after our draft (laughs) like how do we not we're the dynasty the patriots dynasty is gonna look terrible compared to ours uh seriously though i mean I'm, I haven't really enjoyed being a Jets fan. It's, it's a little tough. It's a little tough. Uh, pretty much my whole, I think last time we made the playoffs, I was in third grade and I'm an adult. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's been a little bit of time, but I honestly, I love the other fans because everyone is just miserable together. You know, everyone's just, mm-hmm. it is a pretty tight knit community because you wear a Jet shirt, you're the getting told, I, I'm sorry for you. Like it'll happen constantly i met these kids who knew me from tiktok come up to me at the field they know who i am they're like oh i'm so happy to meet you what do you think who had the best draft well the jets are one of the teams well but that's kind of biased as a jets fan ew you're a jets fan (laughs) did you not just dap me up and say like what is wrong with you yeah but then you'll see other jets fans like hey you and me we're you know we're we're in this together so i mean now after the draft though uh a lot of potential as usual. I really think it's just going to be a matter of staying healthy because even mm-hmm. last year, two of the cornerstones, Makai Becton and Lawson in the trenches, Lawson tears his Achilles, Makai Becton, I don't even know what happened. He's just out for the entire season, five mm-hmm. minutes in. Then, you know, Corey Davis misses a month, Zach Wilson misses a month, Michael Carter misses a month, Marcus May misses half the season. You didn't have that many good players to begin with, and then everyone got hurt. <laughs> so, you know, the fact that we were limited, and then we got down to like, Against the Bucks, we're able to compete with them with Kenny Yaboa catching passes from <laughs> Zach Wilson. Like, I, yep. I have faith as long as we're able to stay healthy that we're going to be able to compete. But I think a successful season would be sneaking into the playoffs. But more than likely, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm cool with 500 or above right now because the AFC is just unbelievably stacked. I just yeah. main thing, I don't want to see us lose by 40 to the Bills and the Patriots anymore. Yeah, that being an embarrassment of a franchise that part needs to die out. Like, I'm okay. You lose some close ones, a heartbreaker. Yeah, the heartbreak in the first 10 minutes of game is worse when you're down by 21 already. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of my outlook now. It's a lot more positive. And I think long-term, they're building the team the right way. I'm, I'm definitely more excited than usual. Well, Zach, being a Cowboys fan, he has to um, deal with some disappointment on a yearly mm-hmm. basis. And yeah. me being a Seahawks fan, I have um, very low expectations moving forward for the next mm-hmm. probably – three to five years. Um, I see DK and Tyler Lockett probably, probably being moved. I think Drew Locke's a fill, fill-in spot. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, obviously this year was not as stacked quarterback-wise. We had talked about it on a, on a prior episodes um, as like maybe next year uh, with some quarterbacks coming out. So I'm glad. I mean, I wanted Malik Willis personally. Um, him falling to the third round really surprised me. Um, but you know, um, with next year being more quarterbacks available, I think that's why they didn't draft one, draft one this year. Um, yeah, probably. And there are a lot of Seahawks fans that were saying uh, 
they won him the league at nine. And then he goes two. And yeah. it's like, oh, we still got him. Round yeah. three. Oh my God. We trade back up for him too. We didn't pass on him again. Bro, literally what I was doing. I, I we did a mock draft and I had him going ninth uh, to the Seahawks. But, I did too. Um, but you met you talked a little bit about mental health, and I've seen a, a bunch of your videos about um just what you've gone through really your whole story but how do you stay even and focused uh like through the ups and downs that happen i mean some days i mean again with your busy schedule you don't know like you said you don't know what every day holds so i mean how do you stay focused and kind of driven uh the real answer is i don't like i i it just doesn't happen i'll have days or weeks where i'm like yeah we operated at about 20 percent. like this was just not yeah. Uh, for fire, it kind of works out where for whatever reason, as soon as I hear it go off, I'm locked every single time. It doesn't really matter uh, how I'm feeling. Like yesterday, when I went to sleep at six, I had my alarm set for 1230. I was like, today's just, it's shot. It is what it is. And then the alarm goes off. <laughs> like, today's not shot. We are just, <laughs> we're on two hours sleep, I guess. So it doesn't always work out that way, but there's plenty of times like I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not feeling it that much today either. I'm just, I'm, I have energy for this interview because I said that I was going to do it. I made a commitment. All right. So I'm, I'm going to bring it right now. After this, I might just go straight to hanging out with friends and then my girlfriend. I don't know if I'm recording. I, so that's kind of the way that I, I take you out and put a lot of pressure on myself with it. Uh, I used to put a lot of pressure, but it, I feel when you're the one creating you're so much more mindful of how consistent you're being than someone in the audience, especially when there, there could be someone that seeing my reactions to draft videos today and they'll see two of those. And then they'll see one I posted yesterday and be like, Oh yeah, James is posting all the time. And I just didn't post today. And then I'm in my head on, Oh my God, I didn't post. I'm not saying consistent algorithms going to be against me. People are going to go to someone else. Like yeah. that, that's not like doing it for a little bit now. It's not really how it works unless you do what I did from December to February and post like two times a week, then people notice that's very different. But for right now, uh, I definitely don't stay at a high level consistently. I miss training on Monday. I, I only recorded for 30 minutes so far this week. I recorded five or six videos, posted two or three that day, two or three yesterday. So I, I don't really let my emotions dictate my actions too much, but I also don't push myself when I know I really don't have that much more. And when I'm being mindful that I'm doing a lot. So I kind of just, uh, it's self-awareness really is what it comes down to. Knowing, yeah. all right, is this a time to push? Cause I actually have more and I'm just being, you know, like I'm trying to take it easy or like, I really need a break. So it's kind of just trying to balance that. Okay. I gotcha. So my next question is kind of kind of a stupid question, but it does <laughs> it does stem on like two things. Do you live in New Jersey right now? I do. And do you have a car? I do have a car. Do you know how to pump your own gas? See, I didn't. <laughs> but riding on the ambulance for six months, the way that we have it set up is there's a town gas station that only like the ambulances, the police cars, the, the fire trucks use. So by going there, they act like they're superior New Jerseyans. <laughs> they know how to pump gas. I'm like, all right, you guys are not that special. I'll figure it out. They watched me struggle for about five minutes and then they taught me. 
so I learned doing that. But and then I impressed my my friend because he goes to Cornell, and we were on the way back. I was I drove up to meet him, and then uh, we were coming back down. We had to stop because it's like four hour drive. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's like, "Hey, like I know how to pump to you," and I was like. I got this. You could go and get your snack. <laughs> Cat me in, coach. Yeah, so I, I do know how to pump gas now, but about a year ago, I didn't. That's sweet. That's funny. Um, and then my last question for you was, um, you made a video, I think recently, about how you had 400-something followers, and then now you're at 109,000. Oh, yeah. Like, are you, I mean, you got to be proud of that, of, of the stuff that you're, you know, people following your story, right? Yeah. No, I, I'm definitely proud of the progress that I've made that's something I've worked on a lot in the last year is specifically in that period December to February that I mentioned I noticed I needed some time to reflect on how different my life was at the time because I was I got used to okay my life was realistically pretty much over like it was on the brink of being over a ton of times and I like the people that I had around me like I'm mentioning now, yeah, my friend who's going to play pro soccer is going to play pro basketball. My other friend who has a scholarship to Cornell, like, yeah, like these are the people I'm around now. But at the time, like when I was in a psych unit was, oh, you know, I came here because I need to work on me. But then I got a call and I thought, you know, it was just my mom checking up on me and it's my brother got shot in the head. And then, you know, the next day the call is, oh, I think I'm getting an update on how my brother is and it's my girlfriend's pregnant and I'm 17. Yeah. So like that, that is what I was around. So when, when I was aware of that, I was like, yeah, no, this is where I want to be. I'm yeah, at the floor right now. I'm like, I need to get this together because this, the track I'm on, it, it ends soon. Mm -hmm. So then once I'm at a hundred thousand and I'm a firefighter and I was doing six months of EMT and I have a girlfriend for, you know, I, I completely changed everything. My circle, you know, the people around me, my family, my friends are like, you know, are, like they were asking me pretty much that. Are you happy? I'm like, no, like I didn't, you know, I, I didn't do anything yet. They're like, no, no, you did. You definitely yeah. did do some stuff now. Uh, so I took, I took a little bit of time to reflect. Now uh, I I'm definitely more aware of what I've done and I'm, I'm definitely proud of what, what I've done so far. It's just, I get like, even now, like I'm pulling on, I'm pulling on the, the yeah. progress, not perfection breaks. I'm like, eh, well, it, just, it still makes me a little uneasy because I, I know how much I still want to do, but yeah, yeah. I, I acknowledge the amount that I've done. Yeah. So I guess our final question of this interview is uh, what are some of your future goals and plans? I got what's, it. what's next for James Dignan is really yeah. what he's asking. <laughs> Day to day, I have no idea. I got no yeah. idea what's going on. I, five minutes from now, I don't know where I'm going to be. But uh, long term, I know that I want to play Juco football. More than likely, the program I'm going to work with is New Jersey Warriors. And there's only one actual Juco college in New Jersey. And mm -hmm. it's not anywhere near me. And because it's only one, it's a lot tougher to, to go play for them. So they kind of make it where it's not associated with the school but you have to be in junior college you have to be in a community college to be able to go play for them so I've talked to the coach there I'm probably going to play for them fall of 23 spend time training now right now I'm training with my friend Shaq he was an NFL prospect 
and he just got uh, the invite for the XFL in Washington in, oh, that's uh, awesome. in a Sweet. month. So, but he's a receiver. So I'm working with him almost every single day, training and, and learning a lot right now from him. So for football, the plan is to play Juco one season, 20, fall 23, put up like a thousand yards and then go play uh, D1 or D2 and go from there. Uh, I don't, I would be open to playing arena, but I really like to play in either the NFL, XFL, USFL, CFL, one of those bigger outdoor leagues. It totally changes the spacing in, in arena. Mm -hmm. uh, and then outside of that, I still want to be a firefighter throughout. When I go pro, it might be different. Uh, I see, like, I got better at that too. I said, when I, not. I if. literally was about to point that out. Yeah. I love I got, that. Like, not yeah. if, when. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I've definitely gotten better with that too. Cause, you know, the amount of people are like, yeah, but like, come on. Hey, yeah, come on now like definitely. really and i'm like all right if i if i don't believe it now how's it gonna happen mm -hmm. like you know so but yeah for football that's pretty much the plan still want to be a firefighter throughout i left being an emt because i can only do so many things and that was so emotionally draining because you see a lot like yeah and yeah. you're not it there's no prep 30 seconds before eating lunch hanging out reading a book holding someone's head together all right, hanging yeah. out, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go take a nap, uh, like wake me up if we have anything, car crash, you know, like, so seeing that, uh, like that, that was taking too much on me where I was like, yo, this, we gotta, we gotta figure something out here. So I'm, I hate that I had to leave, but I feel like it was the best decision. And then with content, big, big focus on content uh, this, this fall, especially because I can't play football yet this fall, because would have had to be enrolled already, all that. Uh, huge, huge emphasis on TikTok, YouTube, uh, doing collabs. Cause now there's people who are getting invited down to that. You see the TikTok, like football house, hype house type, yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, I've been, uh, you know, I've talked to people there too. So I, I, I'm getting different opportunities mm -hmm. now than I was last year. So I want to take advantage of that because it's just going to be so unique that I'm going to be probably playing my first game at 20 or 21 in juco but i have years of being a firefighter i did emt i'm already making a part-time or almost full-time income from content and yeah. i'm the same age as you know er, you know i'm starting so yeah that's pretty much uh the plan for right now and then uh for personal life uh i'm still only 19 but once i have the full-time income you know probably going to be a little bit but I would say around the time I start playing football, probably going to propose and, uh, you know, go because I, I already know for that, too. It's two, almost two and a half years. So yeah. and, and with the change that's happened from, you know, when it started to now and then giving it another two years or so. So that that's pretty much the, the plans. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. He, Zach just proposed uh, six months ago, five months ago. Yeah, in December. Yes, man. And nice. then I'm I have plans in the making, too. Um, but, uh, dude, you're absolutely incredible. Uh, great head on your shoulders i know if i know football is going to work out for you in, in some capacity if somehow it doesn't uh you're going to be tremendous at whatever you do uh, you have a tremendous mindset and uh i know everybody listening uh will love will love hearing about you and your story uh keep inspiring people moving forward um again i have followed your story for about a year now i'm 22 and have not gone through any of the crap that you've gone through but 
like you entertain me like watching you man it's 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 fantastic uh so thank you very much for joining us and uh best of luck moving forward bro yeah no i i really really appreciate uh coming on and yeah no that's uh I'm not used to I'm not used to this yet, honestly. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not used yeah. to being the one being interviewed. It's it's a very different feeling. There's a ton of ton of conversations with uh, you know people close to me of yeah, but I'm not like we kind I'm not really doing anything that important. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not like no one cares that much, right? Like, I, I really don't think. And then something like that where the kids run up at the field, I'm like, oh, no, I'm having more of an impact than what you would think because you're just behind a screen. Yeah. You don't really, you don't know, you have no idea, but there's plenty of YouTubers and streamers that I grew up with when I was younger, where I would freak out if I saw them in person, it'd be the, yeah. the same thing. So it, it's definitely a weird, uh, it, it's a hard concept to grasp that like other people like you have been watching for a year. I'm like, uh, yeah, but hard, hard to grasp. But I, yeah. I definitely appreciate you saying that. Yeah, no, I, um, I was going to kind of like hide it. I was going to feel out how you are first about things uh but when you when you replied to my uh my i guess comment on your video i i like called zach and call him the other guy i called him right away i was like bro you won't believe what just happened <laughs> like I, I can't believe this uh it's, it's really cool to get to meet you um but yeah again best of luck moving forward bro we thank you uh very much yes thank yeah, you so thanks. much it's great to get to know you more and for our listeners to get to know you definitely yeah. now if you guys want to have me back on just let me know Definitely, definitely, Sweet. especially uh, pro football players soon to be, huh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Appreciate it, bro. Well, we hope you all enjoyed the interview with James. Uh, it was, again, so much fun. We mentioned at the beginning of this episode, dude's literally so mature and for 19 years old. And uh, we mentioned in the interview, I believe, that um, like even if football doesn't work out for him, just his mindset in life, he's going to mm-hmm. be successful in whatever he does. So thank he's you, James. He's 19 years old and is a volunteer fireman. It's, it's ridiculous. Crazy. Like even before we filmed the interview, he, he was late to the interview because he got called on the job. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's just the dude's, the dude's amazing. Um, so if you don't know or if you haven't checked him out already, go check him out on TikTok. That's where he's most known. Man, he was telling us he gets 1.5 million views a day. It's just it's ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. But he's, he's really good. And uh we wish him the best of luck in the future and hopefully totally. he he uh plays pro football because he has the mind he has the mindset that he's going to and it's it's awesome to hear him talk yeah, about it. Definitely. Uh let's get on to some NHL here though. The um playoffs are just so fun. Um we'll go through the series here. The blues and the wild are three two now. Go blues. The, the blues with a big win last night in Minnesota. I had a little, um, I mean, Conlon called it, and I think he texted us too, like the boys are winning game five. Uh, I didn't really believe in it. and uh, I, I believed in it, AJ. Did you? And you oh, know why? I, I know why, yep. So I've worn the same blue shirt every game they've won, and like I, I can wear it Thursday if you guys want me to, unless you want it to go game seven, but I'll wear it, I'll wear it Thursday, guaranteed win, no doubt about it. Place your bets, put it, your it life savings be, uh, on it. It better be true. I'll be there for game six, uh, yelling yelling my butt off. Well, um, then if we know if they lose, you can never go to a Blues playoff game again. I will never go to a game again. <laughs> uh, but they're up 3-2. Tarasenko had a hat trick, a natural hat trick in the third period. Uh, but they're up 3-2 in the series. Um, hopefully we can finish it off tomorrow night. And then we'll have to play the Avalanche if we do, because the Avs 
swept the Predators for nothing. Um, it wasn't really close um, at all. <laughs> the Avalanche are very dominant, very fast. Uh, they're going to be tough to stop. I think. Flame, I think. I think it could play to our advantage that they swept them though. Because yeah. this is happening in a lot of other sports is a team will sweep someone and then the other team had a longer series and they're more kind of warmed up like hot kind of mm-hmm. like haven't had a layoff so the other team gets kind of a little cold loses a little mojo so that's what i'm kind of hoping no that that's not a bad take at all because we see that in baseball where wild card teams will make it deep a lot because teams that won the division have to wait and see who they play mm-hmm. we see that in college basketball uh, with playing tournament teams like UCLA a couple of years ago, the 11 seed. Yeah, they Syracuse the too. Yeah, so like definitely not a bad take at all. Um, something that hopefully plays in our advantage if we can come out of that wild series. Um, the Flames and Stars are tied 2-2, I believe. Game uh, game five is tonight. That's a big I would say that's game. a surprise. Definitely. Uh, the Stars were, Collins mentioned it, very slow-paced team. Flames like to get up and down. They've become more physical this year than past years. Um, but definitely a surprise. I, I mean, we all had <laughs> we all had the Flames wing at all. So if yes. they get bumped out in the first round, we're in some trouble. Uh, I think we'll be okay, though. They're going to game five in Calgary. I think that will help them out. The Kings-Oilers, what a odd series. Uh, the Kings are up 3-2 in the series. And the Oilers beat them 8-2, I believe, and then 6-0. Looked like they were just going to run away with it. And yeah. then Jonathan Quick, uh, the goalie for the Kings, Pulled he was out quick. A, he was. Yeah, he pulled out a, a vintage performance. Uh, his first shutout in the playoffs since twenty, I think it was two thousand twelve or thirteen, uh, when they won the cup, and they're up three uh, two now. They won last night in Edmonton. Now they go back to L.A. They could end it tomorrow night yeah. in L.A., which is just we we've mentioned it. Um, you have the two best players in hockey, but you just don't do enough around them to win this time of year. McDavid and Drysital almost single-handedly or double-handedly <laughs> brought them brought them back last night to win and it was like two minutes into overtime and adrian kempe just ru- ruined it for him so they're going to need production goaltending to kick it into gear and they're going to need defense to kick it into gear i just that's why i picked la to win it's just i just don't see that happening uh especially goaltending goaltending wise but you you and conlin both picked oilers right i think yeah i just felt even though their goaltending is bad, uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl can just yeah. score to ease. I think maybe it's one of the first few games McDavid went coast to coast, deked out everyone and put it in. It's just like it's ridiculous. It's crazy. And they, I know they lost last night, but they almost brought him back. But when you have the best players in the league, you always have a chance to win. So we'll see how they go. It's going to be tough going to LA, but also LA. Yeah. Do they, will any fans be there? <laughs> True. I mean, we all three have preached pressure on the Oilers coming into the playoffs, now in the playoffs, and this is the most pressure-filled game. Game six, away, you have to win if you're the mm-hmm. Oilers. If not, there's going to be some changes happening in that organization, and I, I hate to see it because it's two of the best players, kind of like Trout and Otani and, with the Angels. We are cheering so hard for them. Not just because we like Trout Otani, we do, um, but just because we want to see those star players on the biggest stage, and mm-hmm. we have not seen it yet with Trout. So, only once. I'm cheering. I'm cheering for the Kings just because I pick them to win in seven games. But uh, 
I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping McDavid and them also get it done. I will not be upset with that either. Mm. On the, on the other side of the bracket, the Capitals and Panthers, that's another huge surprise. Two, two. The Panthers almost lost the last game, right? They came back and won. And overtime, it would have been down three, one. And that would have been even, that would have been crazy, but they go back to Florida now. Hopefully they can get it together. Uh, The Capitals are just built for this time of year. They've been here. They've done it before. Um, the Maple Leafs and Lightning with a very exciting game last night. I was keeping up with it while I was at the Cardinals game. Uh, Austin Matthews, a game winner uh, in the last, I believe, seven minutes of the game. They're up 3-2 in the series now. Again, another team that we have preached pressure on in the playoffs. I think they have made They, I know Edmonton has pressure, but I feel like Toronto may have the equal amount just to get oh, yeah. it done. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I heard an analyst going on about it, about how, should like Toronto feel this much pressure because it's a different team. Like what mm-hmm. they did 10 years ago, none of those guys are here. So like, should the players feel the pressure and the player, some of the players are like, we don't really feel it because like we haven't failed, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think the, the pressure comes from the fans that they expect you to be good. And this whole drought, I think it's, 16 years of not being able to get out of the first round and you're always you're always competitive um besides a couple of years when they got matthews in the draft but yeah they're up three two and it's going back to tampa for game six but again we have to point out that vasilevsky and the lightning have won 16 straight games after a loss in the playoffs so but remember when i said earlier the 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 maple leaves won the first game so they're on mm-hmm. the good side of that yeah definitely and I'm Toronto is my second favorite team behind the blues. And so I'm cheering so hard for them to just, cause I, I think if they get past the first round, I don't, I didn't have them making it out of the first round, but I think they can make a run, especially, I mean, if the capitals knock off the Panthers, the Leafs could find themselves in the, in the, uh, you know, conference championship or whatever they call it. Um, and I think it's very doable. Uh, the penguins are running away with the Rangers right now. It's three, one, uh, is that going, a surprise? A little bit. I think it's a surprise to me because the Rangers have Shostakin and Net, and he mm-hmm. is so good. But ever since they have that game, and we mentioned it, that amazing, legendary game where he made seventy nine saves or whatever, he's not been the same. Mm-hmm. And I think he's over overused a little bit, and he used so much energy in that game. I think he's worn out because he's letting stuff in he usually doesn't let. And in. they lost that game, correct? Yeah, they lost it in overtime. And they're not they're not scoring enough against a team that has their third goaltender in net Louis Domingue. So I don't have faith in the Rangers. I think I picked the Rangers to win just because of goaltending. I think all three of us did. So I picked a lot of teams for just goaltending. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what matters probably the most yeah. around this time of year. That's why the uh Kings were so successful ten years ago with Quick. That's why the Blues won it with Bennington. He was just otherworldly. And uh, I, I kind of think of goaltending as pitching in baseball. Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of similar in a way. Very similar. Now important they are. And then the last series is the Hurricanes and the Bruins. Uh, the Hurricanes, Bruins. It's like one game, the Bruins blow them out, and then the Hurricane blow them mm-hmm. out. It's on each other's home ice too. Like both are so good at home. Uh, Bruins. We all three said. I think all three of us said it. We don't think they're done. They come back at home. They win both there. Brad Marchand. We all hate him. Uh, if you if you like him, you're literally just from Boston. Um, even he, my friend from Boston, he's he said it yesterday. We were watching the game, 
because he's moving to Carolina, like Raleigh. So he's like, I either whoever wins this this series, he's like, I don't really care who wins. Yeah, I'm going to cool be rooting for him. Yeah. But they're talking to Marshan, Marshawn, Marshawn, or as we all know, the picture of him crying at call him a crybaby. <laughs> yeah. He uh, was getting interviewed and I was like, I hate Marshan. He's like, yeah, I really don't like him too. He's like, I think the only people who like him are Bruins fans. <laughs> Seriously, it's true. And I, I hate the guy. I actually hate him, but he's very good. And especially this time of year, he finds a way. He does all his cheap, you know, cheap shot type stuff and it, mm-hmm. it works for them. But offensively the other night, he had five points on all five of their goals. He, he assisted or scored. And so he, he really carried them. And then the Hurricane won, I think, 5-1 last night. So it's going back to Boston for game six. Would not be surprised at all if Boston wins game six at home and then Carolina wipes them out in game seven. But a lot of fun. And then what's what's on tap tonight? Um, on uh, oh, I have it. It's my time to shine. We have, hold on, hold on, hold on. Penguins Rangers at 7 p.m. on ESPN. Eastern, Eastern. Yes, Eastern. <laughs> I am in the Eastern time zone. Yeah. So 7.30 p.m. Eastern or 6.30 Central, Panthers-Capitals. That should be a good game. Mm-hmm. And then the late night game is Flames and Stars. So I think, that's, I think that's the game I'm most looking forward to tonight. I'll have them all on, but the Flames-Stars have been more chippy than the other series. Uh, there's, something be, there's something meaningful behind that. I mean, Jamie Benn's the, the punk for the Stars. He was saying to Matthew Kachuk the other night, uh, they had him mic'd up. He said, I'm ready whenever you are, like to, to scrap and, and to drop the gloves. So, uh, and then after the game, he said, uh, Matthew made a good decision to say no. And like all, it's just like chirping. It. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot I of love fun. It. And then I have my hot, I have a huge hot take that I want to, I want to give you here. And I think I already know how you work, Zach, and you're probably going to roast me for this one. Kind of like my offensive defensive take. Yeah. That, that was a bad uh, take. You have to admit it. You're wrong. <laughs> I'll make an argument here that the NHL playoffs, ooh, I don't even want to say it. It's like ripping off a Band-Aid. The NHL playoffs are can be more exciting than March Madness. Ooh, to, I, I, mean, I didn't know you were going to go. I, I thought you were going to say out of the sports leagues the most exciting, and I was kind of getting on board. No. I was – because it's way more exciting than uh, – I say it's more exciting than NBA just because NBA, a lot of the top C teams just are always the top C teams win mm-hmm. until you get maybe to like yeah. the conference finals or the finals and it gets started getting like teams are more like the same, but hockey, there's so much unknown. And that's kind of how it is with NFL and baseball too. Like any team could win like the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Cardinals win the 2011 world series after not being that good, but or yeah. say the March Madness, kind of crazy. I don't. I, I mean, I I would I would pick March Madness, but I'm just saying. I would say NHL too. playoffs, NHL playoffs. I have literally been glued to my television every night. I can't stop watching it. It's literally like crack. It's like it's addicting, man. I can't stop watching it. Um, but yeah, I think I still think March Madness is looks exciting. Just just because of the yeah, just the, the, the Cinderella. So, and yeah. It's college people, you know. It's it's literally, you know, it's not the co- all the college sports. The atmospheres are better, yeah, than any major league sports. That that's where that's where hockey is pretty close, in my opinion, because those mm-hmm. NHL crowds can get wild. I mean, I again, I'm going to be there tomorrow night in Game Six. I'm not going to be able to talk to Hannah or my parents, and they're going to be sitting next to me. It's just, it's going to be electric. 
Um, do you have anything else hockey wise before we move on to? Did we talk about the Blues? A little bit. A little uh, bit, yeah. Ben, ben, you got it. Do you think Bennington's in goal? He's he was be. in goal last night, right? Yeah, he's he's literally he's, he's the he's regaining he's retaking it. Dude, he's like we wanted to be psycho Bennington. He looks like what he did whenever he uh, won the cup for us. He I still think deep. we can we can make a run. I really think our team is totally. so deep. I think our team's pretty deep. If our defensive yep. guys stay healthy. And they're back. They were back. I learned last our, night. one of our defensive guys' names, Letty. Nick Letty. Yeah. He's the yeah, one he's we good. traded midway through the season for. Okay. Uh, we traded Oscar Sunquist and Jake Wallman for him. But he has been he doesn't put up stats where people look at points and goal or goals, assist points, and they're like, Oh, that player is good. He doesn't do that stuff, but he mm-hmm. does all the stuff this time of year that really matters. We have a guy on the fourth line, Tyler Bozak. Same thing. Does He's been nothing for the Blues for a long time, hasn't he? About Maybe. probably six or seven years. He's probably. a name I recognize. Yeah, but he's he's just very um, defensive minded. But this time of year, just makes smart plays. Like when the mm-hmm. puck needs to leave the zone, he doesn't do anything special he just makes sure he gets done he's not he's he's willing to get down and block a shot if he needs to he just all he does all the little little stuff that you need this time of year and speaking of clearing the puck out of the zone i don't know if you saw it what's up with people not getting it out of the zone so um trocheck for the carolina hurricane the other night uh they were on a four it was a five on four against the bruins i think it was like a one goal game he has it at the blue line. All he, all he has to do is flip it down the ice. That is it. Mm-hmm. And he, it's almost like you feel, and I know Spit and Chicklets actually talked about this, but there's pressure almost on him, I guess. Like it's it's a weird feeling. He flips it, he just flips it and it goes out of play and it's a delay game. Then it's mm-hmm. five on three and they scored a couple goals. Like I don't, I, it's, and there was another one the other night too. And there was two more. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I remember seeing it and I'm like, why aren't they just getting it out? They're trying to do too much with it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's crazy. But let's Just finish up with some NBA simple. here. Seriously, it's, it's all it needs to do. Um, but the Celtics Bucks are two two in the series. I think game five is that tonight. I think so. Tonight or tomorrow? Yeah, it's tonight. I, okay. And I then um, my big takeaway from that is it's going seven games. I don't, I don't think it doesn't go. I mean, I don't know how it wouldn't it's going seven and uh, Giannis has been great, but the reason they're coming up with some wins is I made a TikTok about it. So everybody who doesn't follow our uh, TikTok account, go check it out. But uh, Drew holiday has been really big for them uh, without Chris Middleton. They needed a second guy to really step up and drew holiday has been that guy. Um, what's up with Al Horford the other night? Al Horford giving them the business 30 points from Al Horford. Like, well, where did that come from? Uh, Jason Tatum had a bounce back game from that, that a game, what three that he had that was awful. Um, but yeah, they, they came out with a big win. And Giannis can't uh, guard everyone, they're going back to Boston for game five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who do you give the advantage to right now? It's going back to Boston for game five. Probably the Celtics. I'm the Bucks, towards the, the Bucks Celtics, just, man. The Bucks just don't have their. I they just don't have Middleton. If I think if yeah. they had Middleton, heck, they they could be up three one right now. I agree with that. The only thing is, I'm going to use the knowledge or the um, outlook that I have on the Lightning, where it's a lot of basketball being played. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to go back to back, if not three times, Lightning, uh, and. 
in the you know professional sports it's just so hard to do that people are so good mm-hmm. and uh so I, I have the celtics coming out with this i think you had the bucks winning it all correct i did yeah so i had the celtics winning it all i believe um, over the warriors so um i think the celtics got this but uh this Stay in the East with Philly and the Miami Heat. Uh, the Heat are now up 3-2. They looked dominant the first two games, and then Embiid came back in Philly and uh, was great. They won game three and four. Um, and James Harden finally had like a 30-point game, uh, which was great for them. Uh, we're not Harden fans, but it was great for them. Um, and you laid then they went a dud. Back from, <laughs> you said laid a dud? Is that what you Yes. Yeah, I mean, last night, what, they lose by 35? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Scored um, 85 points, which for now in the NBA is very, very low. Yeah. I mean, Embiid was 7 for 12, 17 points. I know he went he went down. He got hit in the face where his orbital fracture was. Um, so hopefully he's okay. But uh, Harden was back to what he was doing at the beginning of the series. 5 for 13. Again, not bad, but it's like you need him to be the 30-plus, especially with Embiid being out. And 14 points from James Harden's just not going to do it. Uh, but the yeah, Heat you... won game five. I, I think that the Heat will win game six in Philly. That's like my prediction. I think it'll be done. Uh, yeah. I I, unless that. unless Embiid and Harden just click it. In. That, that's what bothers me so much is like Embiid and Harden have the potential to win, make, you know, make a finals run. That's why they mm-hmm. got James Harden. They're just not doing it. I agree. Um, also, do you think Victor Oladipo should be starting for Miami and playing more? I mean, like put him instead yeah. of. I know Struess and these guys have been putting up points, but yeah, the I guess so. The only thing that stands out because you have Tyler Hero off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty good second unit. Is, Oladipo and Hero. Yeah, definitely. But like. Duncan Robinson until this last game, and it was such a blowout. That's why he got some minutes. Mm-hmm. He's out of the rotation. And this is a guy that was starting in the finals against the Lakers uh, two years ago. And now he's not even in the rotation. And that's literally because he can't guard anybody on that end. Yeah. Harden blows by him. Tyrese Maxey blows by him. He's too small for Tobias and, um, and Embiid. And then I guess you could put him on Danny Green. That's probably the best option. Um, yeah, for sure. But I don't know. That's that's they're they're basing so much on defense and stopping team defense oriented. Yeah, you just put Butler on Harden, Adebayo on Embiid, and let everyone else beat you. Exactly, it's literally what it is. And if so, you have um, Oladipo, you could put him on Maxi, kind of lock down their top three scores, yep. and you just have Tobias Harris on so P- you, PJ Tucker. Guard him. You agree it's over in six? You think it's over in six tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I think so. What I would heck? say so. And then in the West, uh, the Warriors and Grizzlies are 3-1 now. And I hate to say it, but John Morant's out for the rest of the playoffs probably, uh, which could be tomorrow or tonight. They play tonight, correct? Yeah, tonight at 9.30. Yeah, yeah so um, it's in Memphis, so maybe you know they can put something together. They competed well without Jaw the other night, more, you know, better than I thought they would. But uh, Clay Thompson's been ter- ter- like actually terrible for the Warriors, uh, but Steph's been – Pretty normal stuff. Not as efficient as usual, but um, putting up his 30-plus. And mm-hmm. then uh, I think the Grizzlies have no chance. Kuminga probably... put up eight, 18 points the other night, and he started. I think I saw he was the youngest starter. or Yeah, I think the youngest starter in NBA playoff history. Like, I think he's 
maybe 18 still, maybe just turned 19. I think he, I love when they drafted him because he's just insanely athletic, a slasher. He's working on his jump shot. Like it'll get there. Like he doesn't need to put down or, oh my God, make (laughs) a bunch of threes. You got the two best shooters in the world on your team, but he's a good defender. I think he's perfect. It fits their system. Yeah. Completely, like you said, and like they also have James Wiseman, which people don't talk about because he hasn't been able to touch the floor in a year and a half. But when I'm he's sure. healthy, I'm high on him. Oh, so I'm I am too. Uh, he's got extreme potential if he can stay healthy. I just hope it's not a Greg Oden 2.0. Yes. That's that's my worry. And they have Moses uh, Moody, up. who they also drafted, who's also super good. So I mean, they, the Warriors they, they could win this and get even better the next year. They drafted Steph. They drafted Clay. They drafted Draymond. They do a very good job over there. Yes, at they don't identifying talent. They don't go out and sign the big free agents or and stuff like that. They draft people who they think were good or have like strong work ethic and all that, and then they will sign players who are can be role players. They don't usually sign like the big names. They sign, uh, B, they sign Bielicha, and I think he's been pretty solid for them. Yeah, and that's I can't name another person I mean, they signed. The, they traded for uh, Wiggins. I mean, yeah. that's that's a big. I mean, they. I hated them during the Cavs Warriors rivalry. I mean, I just had to. But you have to respect what they're doing over there, and I've I've grown to um, enjoy and um, kind of acknowledge Steph's greatness more and more. When he was like beating LeBron in the finals or something or whatever, I was like really bitter about it. And I hated Steph Curry, but mm. you can't deny he's the best shooter of all time and. Um, he's fun to watch, man. Like, they, he's must-watch TV. I love the way they play. They're probably yeah. the one team, if they're on TV, I will actually watch an NBA game just because they play good offense. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, they have the best shooters, but they don't shoot the most three-pointers. They don't have the most three-point attempts. They yeah. shoot it if they're open. They take good shots. They aren't like a lot of NBA teams where they see the Warriors, they make a lot of threes because they have good shooters and they make good shots. But a lot of other NBA teams, they see that as, oh, if you shoot a gazillion threes a game, you're going to win. And that's not the case. If you're good at shooting threes, you shoot threes. If you're not good at shooting threes, maybe shoot once a game or once a week. You don't. That's just one thing that just irritates me. They don't rely on iso plays where you do step i mean steph can if he needs to can cook mm-hmm. somebody off the dribble but they could beat you by the three or beat you by going inside if they really wanted yeah. to yeah a lot of it's off off screens people see steph curry and they're like oh he just dribbles around and you know cooks people he comes off a thousand threes a night or a he thousand works, screens he works so hard off the ball yeah which I mean, that's Clay, why he's a good shooter that's what that's what i wish i would have done when i played is worked harder off the screens and worked on that because that's how you get open yeah, and Clay Thompson's also obviously not a guy that's going to create for himself mo- more times than not. So he comes off screens. He's not going to be a contested guy, like you said. They're just, unless they're just off. They're very, you know, it's a efficient shots that they're Balanced, taking. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the other series in the West, uh, the Suns and the Mavs are now three two. The Suns blew out the Mavs last night one uh, one ten to one eighty. It's going back to Dallas for Game Six. Dallas won both. In, in Dallas, so I'm hoping Luca can make some magic happen and and um, hopefully tie up the series. And then Game Seven, anybody can win Game Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I have, the Suns are so much more deeper than the Mavs. Definitely, the Mavs. It's Doncic and Brunson. Yeah, 
And Brunson was terrible the first two, and that's why mm. they were they needed him. And he came up big. Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith were good in these last couple uh, before mm. Game Five. Um, so I have belief in the Mavs for winning Game Six at home, and then Game Seven. And like I said, anybody can win Game Seven. But my Very biggest true. thing out of the whole series is the CP3 incident. Did you see this at all? Where someone touched, put, or as they described it, put hands on his family? On his mom, yeah, on Mother's Day, of course. But it was like, I have had such a problem with this. What, what, I did, I, what even happened? I, there's no, nothing to show what actually happened. Just that the, 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 kid, the guy six, was like 17 years old to 17, yeah. put his hands on. Did you see the video of him? No. Because Chris Paul was yelling at him, I'll see you after, I'll see you after. And he, he looked completely scared. I don't know. Like he looked so well, frightened. CP3 yelling at you and you're 17 years old? I know. Yeah. So they, they like escorted him out. And um, I don't know what he did to CP3's mom or, or what, but it just bro- proves my point that we've got to stop as fans. Just, just because you buy a ticket does not mean you can say or do whatever you want. Boo if you want to boo. But you can't just be like saying, especially when it gets personal or or race or whatever it is. You can't just be just throwing whatever you want out. I mean, Luca had that incident a few games ago where I don't even know what was said to him, but he turned around. And sure, sometimes it's the players being soft and like they just need to zone it out. But some things you just don't say. Like mm-hmm. it's just human people. Like you don't go to a restaurant. And if your order messes up, you don't just start bringing out the race card or like you don't you don't do all this stuff. Cuss out so the, you, the waitress or waiter. No, you just don't do it. So why why are you? Is it okay at a basketball game? That's why they That's need just, to implement fighting fans. The chance, <laughs> with the it. chance, the chance to. I'm with it. Somebody on one TikTok pick. said the same thing. Yeah, Chris Paul fighting a 17 year old. CP3 is going to win that nine yeah, times probably. out of ten. Um. But no, let alone saying stuff like if he actually did put his hands on CP3's mom at all. I mean, I don't, he was a spindly little kid. Like, I, he didn't look strong at all. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's just not okay. We, we've got we've to be better than that. I've booed one time at a sports game in my life. And that was because of effort when it was in the corner at, at Bush Stadium and Dexter Fowler did not run after the ball. He walked and it went from a single. Or it went from a double to a triple, and he was like rounding third, and they finally got it in. That was the only time I've ever booed. Um, but that's the only time you've ever booed someone at a sporting event. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I booed a lot of people at a sporting <laughs> event. I, I've, I can. I booed it. a lot of refs <laughs> in football and basketball here at Clemson. Yeah, I booed uh, Cubs players, of course. Chris yeah. Bryant booed him every time he came up to bat. I boo. I boo him when I'm playing him on a video game. All the throw ball awesome. his head. Uh, I'll I'll boo on TV like Angel Angel Hernandez or something, but um, yeah, I just haven't. I don't, I don't know, know a good boo is. cheer at a game. It just it's kind of <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, the NBA playoffs are not as exciting as it was at first, especially with Jaw out. Uh, he was giving the Warriors a run for their money, and um, and beads in and out of the lineup. That Celtics Bucks series is probably the most fun, and then I'm I'm cheering for the Mavs probably out of everybody. But um, do you have anything else today? To talk about? I got nothing. Oh, NFL, we'll... real quick, real quick. I oh yeah, 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 yeah. So a little NFL thing, you know, they always got to try to stay in the news. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh God, sorry. 
choking on something. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, Tom Brady signed a 10-year, $375 million contract to be the Fox Sports lead color commentary yeah, comment announcer after he retires, if he ever retires, he'll probably just be playing <laughs> and have an earpiece in his ear and commentate from the field. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you feel about um, Joe Buck and Aikman moving to what ESPN Monday Night Football? I wish they weren't. We're not. I like him on Fox. I just ESPN to me is just not as good as it used to be. Yeah. I'm I'm not a Joe Buck. Fan. Aikman was fine. I'm not a Joe mm-hmm. Buck fan, so not seeing him on Fox uh, all the time when the big games are on there is I like that. So like Monday Night Football, I I would say is less watched <laughs> than Sunday afternoon. So um, I don't have well. To and if they have much. the Manning cast, I watch the Manning cast over the yeah. actual broadcast. Yeah. Wasn't Except another... when they interviewed LeBron, I turned it off to the main cast. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Dead serious. Uh, not even joking. They did. I did. They did a um, they're doing a baseball one too. Um, Michael K, the announcer for the Yankees and A Rod. Uh, mm, I think I tuned it, into that one, dude. I did, and it, I turned it on thinking I'd turn on ESPN, but it was ESPN 2, not knowing that the normal commentators were on ESPN. And I'm sitting there like, this is what we're doing now, dude. It was terrible. It was actually, I hate A Rod, it was so good. bad to listen to and cringy. And then I was like, I just got to turn this off. I can't even watch it. And then I realized the actual game was on ESPN, so I changed it. But um, no, the Manning cast is really good. And they They're had so a w, knowledgeable. They had a WNBA one with uh, Diana Taurasi and somebody else. And uh, that was pretty pretty solid. But no, Manning cast is definitely mm. head heads above everybody else. But um, I don't know when we're filming episode 20. I don't know if it will be later this week or early next week. I know Zach's obviously graduating, so busy, busy. Um, but besides that, um, I guess we'll see you guys next time. See you guys.